Welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. Thank you for being here as always. Today's episode is with Autumn Smith. She is the co-founder of Paleo Valley, and you may have heard me talking about this company recently because I have been really enjoying their products, their snacks. They make these fermented beef sticks and these really tasty um, protein bars that I really enjoy. They're like real food. They don't taste like ingredients. You know, they don't taste like chemical sweeteners and things like that. They have a a huge range of sort of gut health promoting um, supplements and products as well. But I wanted to bring her on to talk a little bit about her story because she is a former fitness trainer, professional dancer. Um, she's a certified eating psychology coach, which I think is quite interesting. Um, but she's also had to go through her own uh kind of intense journey through things like IBS and anxiety and issues that really seem to stem um, strongly from her digestive and gut health, um, but also sort of the mental side of eating um, and food culture when you are a dancer and fitness trainer. So we talk about a lot of that stuff um, and how she was able to improve her digestive issues, anxiety, mindset, all that through diet and lifestyle. Um, and we also really interestingly talk about a couple, quote unquote, healthy food ingredients that could be causing you issues. Um, you know, we've talked probably in the past a little bit, and you guys know that just because a product or a food is healthy for one person doesn't mean it's healthy for other people. Like great examples are like nightshades, for example, or things like garlic um, that could be superfoods to some people and really bother others. This is a little bit different because this is another case of sort of ingredients in packaged foods being misleading. And this is one that I just learned in this interview. Um, I'll just tell you one of the examples. So citric acid, right? Encapsulated citric acid. You often find in packaged, processed, but healthy um, products. And, you know, I don't know everything. I, I don't pretend to be perfect. And I'm thinking citric acid. That sounds pretty natural to me. That's not like some weird chemical made up name, fake sugar, whatever. It sounds like it's a extract from citrus that might do something with flavor, that might be a preservative. Sounds pretty innocuous to me. Turns out that it can actually be very problematic and that its origins are quite different than you would imagine. So we get into some stuff like that. And we also talk about a very cool idea that Autumn has about keeping a pleasure inventory and how you can use that to make positive health changes. Because I do think that many of us, myself included, we do tend to use food a lot as a way to soothe ourselves, to um, give ourselves pleasure, which is okay. Um, but when it's sort of the only option or the first option, uh, it can be problematic, right? So we want to create this pleasure inventory and come up with some other things that give us joy and pleasure and happiness um, so that we aren't relying so heavily on food to make us feel good, you know? Um, so anyway, we cover a lot as you can tell, and I'm going to stop talking now so we can dive into it. Um, but as always, if you like what you hear, please, please, please do share this episode with someone you care about, um, post it on social media, tag me so I can help you share it on Instagram at the muscle maven, leave me a review. That would be incredible. Uh, so I can keep doing this awesome work. 
And without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Autumn Smith. Hi, Autumn. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I'm a big fan and I'm excited to be here. We, uh, we've already had a lot of great conversation. We've been chatting for about 15 minutes offline and I was like, let's just actually record this because it's getting good. And uh, I feel like so often, as you probably know with the podcasting too, like yeah. so often the best stuff happens when you like before or after you press record because people's brains just change a little bit, you know, when you know you're being recorded. Do you find that? Absolutely. That's why I always like start and say like, can we record this just in case? But, and then we cut it out or not depending on where it goes, but yes, absolutely. And I mean, especially for people who aren't like professional talkers, but you know, you spend an hour like warming up with somebody and then you're like, okay, great. Like press stop. And then like some kind of amazing stuff comes out of their mouth and you're like, all right, that's, you know, the downsides I suppose of podcasting. But anyway, um, I'm very excited to have you here. Your company is amazing. You're doing incredible work. Um, huge fan of a lot of your products and we can get into talking about that, but I'd love before we even dive into specific questions. Um, I know you have a history of, you know, some health challenges and digestive, um, gut health issues and things like that. So maybe if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about sort of your story and and how you came to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. I started in the fitness world. Actually, I was a professional dancer and then I moved to the fitness world to work for Tracy Anderson, but it all kind of began when I was young and I had these debilitating digestive issues. I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain and I had my mom take me to the emergency room one night. Um, and then they just told me I had gas it was kind of embarrassing. And they told me I had irritable bowel syndrome. Basically they're like, yep, go ahead and take some Beano or gas X. And there really isn't anything you can do. It's stress related. See you later. Great. And that <laughs> didn't help much, obviously, as you might imagine. And as I got into my teens and life became even more stressful, I started to develop a handful of mental health issues because the gut and brain are connected. And now we know that then we didn't so much. And so anxiety and depression set in. And then my life just felt chaotic. I didn't know when my stomach was going to hurt. That gave me anxiety. My skin was breaking out and made me depressed because it was so embarrassing at school. And so I was like, well, if I can't find relief, I'm just going to use substances. I did that for a really long time and actually got kicked out of my parents' house before I graduated high school. So things got really bad, but fortunately I've always had a passion for dance and learning. And that kind of set me to college anyway. And I met the man of my dreams down in Los Angeles when I was working as a fitness trainer. And it wasn't until we got married and we moved in together that he was like, sweetie, you are suffering. And I mean, on the outside, it looks good. Like you've got a great job. You're making it happen. But when you really get to know you, this is not pretty and we need to do better for you. And so we got on the internet because no one had an answer and we found the paleo diet and I was, of course, very, I didn't believe it was going to help because why would food matter that much for my digestive and mental health? But uh, surprisingly, it did. And in 30 days, my digestive issues were gone and my mental health was a, a really wonderful surprise. And that just made me realize the difference between wellness and fitness 
I was always fit. I always looked fit. It was definitely not well. And even though I had this dream job, I decided I got to go back to school. I need to educate myself because this is the piece that I think people could really benefit from. And it wasn't something that a lot of people were talking about. So we created the products because I'm kind of a type A go-getter. I like to travel. I just wanted to make this realistic, meet people where they are. I didn't think that people were going to decide to cook three meals from scratch. Uh, you know, all of a sudden because of my story or so I was just like, let's, let's make the products that make this possible in today's world. So. Wow. That's, that's more than I knew. So I've got lots of questions for you. Okay. Um, (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. So when you, when you decide, when you found paleo and you had this like relatively quick and extreme kind of positive reaction to going paleo, how were you eating before? Yeah, that is, well, basically I was living on protein bars because as a dancer, I learned that it's just, you have to keep the amount of calories you're consuming small. The quality didn't really matter. And so I was eating protein because I was working out all the time, but I was also drinking this green machine every morning. This Adwala drink at 50 grams of sugar. I was having a soy latte. I would eat these protein bars on the go and then maybe have some sort of non-bread or like, you know, a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of gluten, specifically a lot of cheese. I think I definitely have, I definitely have issues with both of those things, but my diet wasn't great, but I always always kept the quantity low because that's what I was taught to do. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I really like especially that you mentioned the difference between wellness and fitness, because oftentimes those two groups, which people tend to think of as like the same or parallel, mm-hmm are the furthest end of the spectrum. Like a lot of times people who have come through the fire and found ways to have balance and maybe don't look the way they did when they were their fittest or they aren't working as hard as when they were their fittest are actually much more well um, than they used to be. But there's this mental shift that has to happen where people who have maybe been high level athletes or just really type A, really kind of high cortisol, like stress sort of people <laughs> who equate how hard they're working and how sore they are and how maybe buff they are with how well and fit they are. But those are such different things. And it seems so counterintuitive that we can have an industry that speaks to feeling good and performing well with zero kind of attention to the quality of the food that's going into their bodies and their digestive health and all of those things. It's so fascinating. And then of course, even talking about the, like the substance abuse issues, like that is something that I think is quite common in um, really high performing athletes, because it's like finding a way to get through the pain, the discomfort, the whatever's happening, you know, to get energy and things like that. So how did you reconcile all of that? So like you found paleo and you started eating better and that kind of probably led you down this path of a lot of other wellness stuff, but was there another period where you were like substance, like drugs, whatever, like this stuff isn't going to help me have the life I want? And how did you, how did you get through that? Yeah. Luckily the substances, I haven't ever talked about this on a podcast, but I had a really unique experience in high school. And a lot of my friends got, we were, we had a grew up in a small town. Drugs were really prevalent and they, some of them went to jail. So I realized the serious drugs, okay, that's not, that's not probably the best route for me, but I still hung in there with alcohol a lot. 
I was drinking a lot. In fact, when I got pregnant, I thought, oh my gosh, I could never, I could never do it for, you know, nine months. I was going to be so hard because I had such anxiety because I was so malnourished um, and I had such gut dysfunction. But, and I really become hopeless. You know, when they, <laughs> they do learned helplessness in the dogs and the psychological experiments where they, you know, it's unpredictable when they're going to shock them. And then all of a sudden they just lie down and just realize I've got, I don't have any say in anything. And that's where I was. That's where I was. I was hopeless. I thought no matter what I did, I was always going to have this unpredictable life. I was going to be breaking out. I was going to have digestive issues. And it wasn't until just that little glimmer of like, wow, what I put in my body it changes the way I feel physically and emotionally. And that just like lit me on an entirely different path. I thought, well, if this, if I can do this, well, what else can I do? And that's why I decided to, you know, quit Tracy Anderson. And then, then as an experimenter and just a naturally curious person, I made a number of other tweaks. So at first it was just eliminating processed foods. And then it was like, okay, well, what's my life like without gluten? And then, oh, what if caffeine's playing into this crazy anxiety and these crashes I'm having at night? And so it wasn't hard because I don't think I, I was addicted to these substances because of the turmoil I was in. But when that turmoil was gone, it actually was pretty easy for me to let them go because the way I was feeling was self, it was perpetuating because I was like, wow, look at what's possible for me, even at a later stage of my life. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a coping mechanism. Like there's, there's a lot of ways that people find either addiction or just dysfunctional behaviors to get them through. And, you know, we could talk about the psychology of that forever, but in many cases, it literally is, it's not so much a deep rooted addiction as it is like, I need to figure out how to get through the days with what I'm facing. And this is how I'm doing it until I find a better solution. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about with your um, your experience and then also the kind of products that you've created, because one of the questions I ask a lot of like gut health experts when they come on is this sort of chicken and the egg scenario where if you have like major intolerances to food, um, you have really um, messed up gut microbiome, gut health, all of these things, digestive issues, it's often can be overwhelming to figure out like, well, what do I even do first? Because a lot of people, they switch their eat, their diet, they start eating better and they still have all these issues because their digestive health is so messed up that like, it's not absorbing what it should. It's not reacting the way it should. Um, and so then people are like, okay, well, do I just start like, I don't know, do I do a fast? Do I do a cleanse? Do I get on some probiotics for a while first and then figure out what I'm supposed to get rid of. Like, how did it work for you? How did that process fall, like go through for you? How did it, yeah, basically, well, I just eliminated uh, processed foods and sugar. That was like phase one, basically. Yeah. And then I went to gluten and dairy. I went to more paleo and I got rid of beans and all of that too. Uh, and then phase three was like, I got rid of caffeine. And then I really started tweaking with the macronutrient ratios because I was someone living on a blood sugar roller coaster. And that wasn't good for a number of reasons. I'm pretty sure I had SIBO, though I was not formally diagnosed. And so chasing that back was really, really helpful. And then phase four was when I learned to do gut testing and had gut testing on my own and realized, wow, I've got some parasites and I have bacterial imbalance and I have candida, which we often see all of those things kind of happening at the same time. And then I had to do some antibiotic or not antibiotic, sorry, 
antibacterial protocols and antifungal protocols. And then I kind of cleared it out. And so I think where you start depends on who you are. I have people who do not really want to change their diet too much. And so, yeah, we begin with fasting. We start intermittent fasting. We'll kind of move that back because in 24 hours of fasting, like you actually create new gut cells. Um, and so you can kind of clean it out that way. Or if you're someone who's like, oh, I just rather eat all the time. I'm, I'm cool with cleaning up the diet. Then we can go for those more inflammatory and trigger foods. So it kind of depends on who you are. But for me, it was a very slow, slow progression um, that ultimately became just just a lifestyle. Because, again, the way I felt was so dramatically different. Yeah. Are you still off caffeine? <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> It's crazy, right? I know, but I will have a little bit and I will, this is so crazy, but I have other friends who share this. I feel sad, like a deep sadness and like a deep lethargy the next day. It's like, and we're borrowing from tomorrow, you know, with caffeine and some people metabolize it more quickly than I do, you know, 50% of the population. But for me, caffeine, it just, I'm already so high energy that I think it just creates an overstimulation and my husband, I drive him crazy. So yes, (laughs) that is a very good point. I mean, the high energy thing, like I got, I got into caffeine, like coffee late later in life. Um, and I really got into it because like I had moved to New York and everybody was drinking coffee to survive. And I kind of felt like I was missing out. So I started like drinking coffee when I didn't need it. And I'm similar to you, very high energy. I probably don't metabolize it very well. And like a week into this new habit, I was like, am I dying or having a panic attack? Like what's happening to me? And I'm like, oh, it's the stuff I'm drinking. And I have learned over time. I mean, this, I'm not recommending this to anybody because I have kind of basically built up a tolerance where I can have like a coffee a day. And I really do enjoy it for like the ritual of it. But I also make sure that I like cycle on and off. Like I try not to get too dependent on anything um, because I have, and I think this is a very unpopular opinion. I mean, most people are drinking coffee, but it, you know, people ask me all the time about like pre-workouts and like all of these kind of like energy boosting, whatever. And I generally do think like, if you feel like it's something you need to function, you definitely should be trying to wean yourself off of it. Like it's one thing to have something when you enjoy it. And if you can tolerate it well, and you feel okay when you have it great. Um, but if you need to buy like expensive pre-workout to get your workouts in, like that's telling you something probably about something else in your lifestyle that you could be tweaking and sorting out. Right. And the same goes for caffeine because we, it's very easy to abuse for sure. Yeah. And I'm just that person. I always say the only thing I do in moderation is moderation. So it's actually easier for me to just avoid it completely. And I just notice, yeah, that, that deep sense of fatigue the next day for just me. But yeah, I know that is an unpopular opinion and even mental health and diet research is kind of one of my favorite things in the world. And for people who have attentional issues or might feel low energy, low motivation, you know, research says it's helpful for people who are more towards the anxiety end of things. It shows it, it, it's not. And so, yeah, again, depends on who you are and what you're doing and what else, you know, yeah. What else you got going on? But so do you find when you went through this process, first of all, how long from I'm learning about paleo to I feel dramatically healed and changed? How long of a process was that for you? 
Yeah, that was, I think I found and started experimenting in 2008. And even within the first 30 days, that was when my digestive stuff, because I would look pregnant after meals. So it was within the first 30 days that I was like, whoa, the bloating is gone. The skin stuff and the anxiety stuff, I would say over the course of the next year. And the reason it took so long is because I would do paleo on the weekdays and not paleo on the weekends and not paleo was like, we would go out again and drink and just, you know, so I think it could have been expedited, but in my experience, it it took about a year for all those things to kind of settle in. And for me to be like, Whoa, this is a story I need to tell. And I need to tell it so bad that I, I quit my job. Hey friends, bear with me for a quick second while I tell you about the company that made today's episode possible. It's going to be relevant to you, I promise. Uh, these are my friends over at Bioptimizers. They make gut health supporting products um, that are some of the highest quality, most effective that I certainly have ever tried, which is why I support them now and they support me really well. Um, they have a range of products, including their most popular, the ones that I'm using all the time, masszymes, uh, digestive enzymes, and their probiotic product. They also have a magnesium product that's really great. Um, they have another uh, gut health promoting collagen powder that's chocolate flavored that I take in the morning because of course it's chocolate flavored. It's awesome. But all of their products, they've probably got a, a dozen, are all about promoting gut health. And I started taking their stuff at the very beginning of the P word, the pandemic last year, because that was a while ago now. And um, it was when I was stuck inside, stress was really high. My food was great. I mean, my lifestyle was as on point as it could be when you're stuck inside the house, but I was experiencing some gut health related issues, some weird symptoms that I'd never had before. And I started taking their products religiously and it made an incredible difference, like a significant difference. I almost couldn't believe how impressive it was. And I've been using it on and off ever since, mostly when I need to support my health around times of stress or travel, or if I'm kind of off my diet or my lifestyle in any way. Um, but these are products that you can be taking all the time and they have made a, a huge difference in my life. And so that's why I want to pass that information along to you guys. So you can head to bioptimizers.com or you can just click the link in the show notes and you can use the discount code, you guessed it, Muscle Maven for a discount. Work on that gut health. It is important. Thanks guys for listening. Back to the show. Yeah. I think, I think it's a very natural reaction for people to gear towards the 80, 20 rule for a while too, because it's just like, how can I still have my life? Like, I think there's so much of a reaction for a lot of people who see this as something that is like a life sentence and something that is so restrictive when it certainly doesn't have to be. And even if it is, it's generally for a very temporary um, amount of time. It's for a very good reason. It's worth it. Um, but I do think, and you know, in my experience working with like clients in a coaching capacity and stuff, the hardest part is people like trying to reconcile, like, well, what is my life now? And like, what can I eat or what can I do? Or, you know, where it's so interesting, it's like a human nature thing that it's like, we would rather suffer like the devil we know, like just suffer with yeah. the pain and the whatever. Cause at least it's like, but we get our food that we're comfortable with and we, we know what we're getting into and like this whole other thing, it's so much effort and it's so much work. And like, that's going to be, it's like, you could get so much relief from this, but it's going to take effort. It's going to take consistent. And in some cases for a temporary amount of time, it's going to be kind of extreme or be, or seem extreme to you. Right. 
A hundred percent. And I was there. And so no judgment for anyone who feels that way would often have those people do because eating psychology too. And we don't like things to be taken away from us. Right. It's, it's painful. And so I often have people start just adding things, add five servings of vegetables every day. See what happens. Upgrade the fats you're consuming, you know, less polyunsaturated fats, more healthy animal fats start there. I also have people do what I call a pleasure inventory. And it's you, you write down the 10 non-food things that like light you up inside. Like for me, it's really about music and dancing and hiking. And then you just make sure that you are putting those into your life on a regular basis. So that it isn't all about food because I think our environment is working against us. There is food everywhere and not high quality food and it is constantly marketed to us. And so also if we can make a list of the five foods that we love, regardless of nutritional value, you're our favorite things to eat and find an upgraded recipe. When I was doing this before there wasn't gluten-free bread, there wasn't all of these other things that were made in a healthier way. And, and so today there is, and so it just takes a little preparation and it takes a little bit of a mind shift, but Honestly, I didn't ever anticipate I wouldn't want to eat cupcakes um, or I wouldn't want to eat cake. And I think there's a place for that for people who want to still do that. But because of the way that I feel and because of the way I feel when I eat those things, it's a very rare occasion. And I was the girl who used to carry caramel apple suckers in her back pocket literally every day. And so um, I know everyone's gonna, journey is going to look a little bit different. But for me, it didn't become about restriction in the end because I was thriving in a way I wasn't managing anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I tell people too, like I'm, I really, I come from the paleo ancestral health background too. And I know we could go down a whole other rabbit hole about like the term paleo. And is that still sort of helping our industry or do people, are people kind of over it? I don't don't know. I still think I very much believe in the tenets of ancestral health and nutrition and the paleo, the, the, truest sense of the word that that approach to eating. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I think that being too into like dogma and rules and like, it has to look like this for everybody. And all of those things can be obviously very problematic and can create more stress than even trying to eat better already does. So I think we need to like be careful yes. about that and, and find that balance. But I, I also tell people like, if you are going through a protocol, like a gut health protocol that does seem very extreme, or you do the whole 30 or a paleo approach, or even a carnivore approach for some people for a short amount of time, there's always kind of more choice than not, you know, like people think like, I remember when I first started eating paleo and my friends were like, you will die without carbs. Like, <laughs> Literally people told me that. And by that, they meant you have to eat bread. How could you not eat bread? And it's not even trying to be like snarky. It's like you, you have to, I mean, like, this is what the pyramid says. You have to eat like 10 servings of these a day. You're going to die if you don't. Um, because we just had no concept that like, even between you and I, if we're both eating paleo, our plates could look completely different. And that's okay because we're very bio-individual and, you know, but like, no matter how strict your protocol is, like, even if you're again, doing like a four day, five day carnivore reset, doesn't mean you have to just eat ground beef five, you know, four times a day for five days. There's so many animal products that are amazing and healthy and textural stuff and from different animals and different cuts and different preparations. And the same can be said for paleo. I mean, there's, if you eat strict paleo, there's still more you can eat than you can't eat. Right. So I think people just, we need to look at it. Like all of the things, like you said, the things you're adding to your diet that are good. And also the things you're adding to your life, because if your digestion 
is back on point. And if your skin looks better and if you feel better and you're like, you know, anxiety goes away, like look at all the stuff you're adding to your life because you got rid of shitty processed food, you know? Right. And you can still have your processed food and it can be upgraded in, in a way and you can do it in small. I think it's just people just need to stay curious, you know, like how often can this work for me? And just be honest about that fact. Is this impacting my uh, quality of life significantly or is it not? And then I don't want people to all end up on the diet that worked for me or on paleo necessarily. I think the goal is diversity. I think the goal is though also identifying when these foods are working against you and just being brave and you know, taking them out for a period of time and then identifying your perfect diet. Yeah. Yeah. For you, you know, you mentioned things like getting rid of like, um, you know, beans or legumes and stuff like that. And I know for a lot of your products and including some of my favorites, they have a lot of plant superfoods. Um, and I know that also like the prevailing, like internet wars, like to pit like plant versus animal against each other. Like they have to be mutually exclusive where it's like, nah, I'm pretty sure most people like to eat both. It's just, you know, figuring out what's good for you. But for you, did you have any, um, issues? Cause a lot of people who do have gut health issues, we, we assume of course the processed food is going to be a massive part of it, but in some cases foods, we consider healthy, high fiber, um, you know, some vegetables and fruits and things like that are actually quite problematic. So did you have any issue with that? And is that something that you kind of take into account with like the products you're creating and stuff as well? Oh, absolutely. And like you said, I am that person in the middle. Like I know there's value to carnivore. I know, you know, some people want to do the vegan diet. Some people want to bed, whatever you want to do. I think there's a little nugget of wisdom in there for everyone at specific times. We're dynamic people. We're always changing. Um, for me, my gut issues weren't so severe that I had to ever get rid of whole foods in any way. Fruits and vegetables still work beautifully for me. In fact, they're the majority of what I eat, but I was lucky enough to live with my husband for whom that is absolutely not the case at all. He basically does not eat vegetables at all because he has tooth pain. The minute he does, he has tooth pain, probably related to some sort of oxalate issue. Uh, but, and people I work with, some people do carnivore. I have clients who do the carnivore diet and they thrive because of it. But I, our product line is just for everyone, no matter what stage, but that is why we have the beef sticks and we're actually coming out with, or working on one with just sea salt right now for the carnivore community. And so we're looking to kind of help people in all stages of life um, and points of time and points of health, wherever they are. But for me, it was okay for my husband. He's not a vegetable guy. So we'll see where that takes us. I wonder if eventually he will be able to, yeah. uh, but right now it's just not for him. That's really interesting. I'm actually having, um, in the next couple of weeks, and maybe you've already spoken on your podcast or throughout your work, um, with, uh, like they're like holistic functional dentists who yes. talk a lot about like diet and, you know, jaw shape and jaw development and all of those things, because I mean, that stuff's huge and it's all connected. And like the gut is connected to everything. Your mouth is part of your digestive system. All of these things are so connected. Um, so I might get some interesting information out of him too. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have some specific product questions then because I've been familiar with your company for a while. Um, and I've just sort of reconnected with you guys, which is awesome. And you sent me a bunch of treats, which I love and <laughs> the, the meat sticks delicious. I mean, you know, they're just, obviously you're, you're preaching to the choir here with like <laughs> high quality meat products. Um, but 
you guys do a fermented, you have a like fermentation process that I haven't really seen with meat products. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what it is and what it does? Yeah. Thanks for asking because this was the reason we got into food manufacturing because when I went, I did this world tour as a fitness trainer and and I had my husband literally bring a suitcase of beef sticks, grass-fed beef sticks over to me when I was in Paris. And I thought, okay, this is good. Cause I was like living out of a suitcase. I was stealing apples from the lobby. It was, it was, I was trying to maintain a paleo lifestyle. It wasn't happening. And these beef sticks still brought that digestive stuff back. Something I had had under control. And I was like, what in the world? And so when I came back to America, I did some research called some manufacturers and there was this ingredient called encapsulated citric acid. And it's basically like derived from black mold to make the citric acid and genetically modified corn. And then they wrap it in hydrogenated oil. And then they create these little beads that they put in the product in the beef and then they let it melt into the product. Yeah. So just hangs so gross. I know. And it's like citric acid sounds like, Oh, you're just like spritzing some lemon in there for like, you know, what? That's nuts. No, it's nuts. And like, I've really had to dive in because some of our products, we would want to use citric acid, but it's not lemons or limes. It's derived from genetically modified corn and aspergillus mold. Okay. And there's even a 2018 paper that talks about this ingredient in particular, because it's one of the most common ingredients you'll ever find on a, uh, an ingredient label. It's in everything. And a lot of people are noticing inflammation and digestive distress from this ingredient. And that was totally my experience, even though that it was 10 years prior to this paper were coming out anyway. Yeah. And the fact that they, I just thought that was criminal. And like, I, I thought what we're eating this hydrogenated oil and this genetically modified corn and all they have to put on the label is citric acid. Yikes. And so I said, how are we going to do it? Our ancestors fermented meat. And so basically all you do when you ferment meat, people have been doing it for, you know, eon centuries. This is just the way our ancestors preserved meat. is basically you put a starter culture in Ours is derived from beets. And then you let you also add tapioca. Um, and that's what we use. It's not always tapioca, but it's some sort of carbohydrate substrate. And then the bacteria consume that and they produce lactic acid. And that drops the pH, which preserves the product in a similar way to that hydrogenated oil corn combination, just much safer and yields the production of probiotics. So I thought, well, this is going to be weird. People are going to maybe be... Um, kind of hesitant at first, but I found a manufacturer willing to do it. And I had to call hundreds of them literally because it is not lucrative. It takes a lot longer, but yeah, we do it. And and because of that, like I said, no weird ingredients, they have the probiotics and they also have this moist little snap. I have a good friend from Poland who says it's a lot like their sausages because they ferment it. So it is different than jerky, but it's definitely, you know, the cleanest meat stick uh, on the market and we use regenerative farms. So we have a big passion for agriculture and supporting the farmers who are actually taking the time to rehabilitate our soil. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that's different. I don't know of another company that's doing that either. No, me neither. That's, that's amazing. Okay. So the, the tapioca, so you said there needs to be a starch to kind of create this fermentation process is tapioca one. Like I would imagine maybe that you could use somebody could use potato starch or corn starch or something. Is tapioca one that tends to be like less problematic for more people? 
Yeah, it is, you know, and we just wanted to really maintain, because like you were saying in the beginning, paleo was a new idea and people were really excited about it. So we wanted to kind of stay within those boundaries for anyone who's on that diet. And so tapioca obviously applied to that corn, not so much. Also, I know a lot of people who react negatively to corn in, in so many ways. It seems to be problematic for people, especially with those with gut issues. So yeah, it can be derived from many different things. We went with tapioca because it typically isn't as problematic. Now there are people who react to it of course, just like there's a, people who react to almost every kind of food because it's yep. a very unique thing. But for most people, we, we don't get any negative feedback about it yeah. at all. And it does have a different, like, it's like, I don't know, there's something just sort of more almost like umami about it or something yeah. like a, it's an, it's, it's very, I mean, they're delicious. Like I got like, I think all the flavors and they're really good, but, um, and so the fermented piece is equal parts about infusing it with probiotics and also there's a shelf life component to it too. Is that part of it or no? Yeah. I mean, it won't be any longer than the alternative, you know, the industry standard of encapsulated citric acid still probably around actually maybe even longer, but we're not about, it's it's still a year for our beef sticks. And, and you can just refrigerate them if you get a little weirded out by it. But yeah, it was basically just about avoiding it and like adhering to more traditional methods uh, for us. And of course, the probiotics that Bacillus pumilus is the one that we located. That's the strain. And it's been shown to help with detoxification very recently of BPA specifically a paper just came out around that and you know that's a problem so it's interesting we didn't really understand that at the time but that's what as more and more research coming out we're realizing there are many many benefits to the way that we're making these beef sticks that we you know couldn't have even anticipated necessarily we just knew we wanted to do it without all the chemicals that's just like an amazing bonus now that it happens to like <laughs> help reduce toxic load from BPA. That's pretty great. I mean, cause that's like, this is one of my favorite things about you. T- you talked about like meeting people where they are and like, I really appreciate that from like a ready to go eat snack perspective, because there is so much talk about like, well, snacks are snacks and you can't really rely on them. And like protein bars are bad and all of this stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, we need to be realistic about what, what our lifestyle is like, what we have the capacity for, what we enjoy, all of those things. And the same goes for this toxic load, um, conversation where it's like, no matter how anal or crazy or healthy or biohacky you are, you are exposed to toxins all the time. We live in the world. It is what it is. And so when we can find products or behaviors or things that can do double duty, right? Like stuff that's like, okay, this tastes good. This is good for me. This might be helping me be a more resilient person, even like that kind of stuff. Like I'm all for that. And that's why I really like the protein bars too, because it's funny, you mentioned, you know, being an athlete and, and, you know, protein bars being like a thing of yours. Like I am a like low key protein bar, a holic um, because I come from like bodybuilding background. Right. So, and like, you know, I'm always trying to build muscle. I'm always trying to eat protein and I also have a massive sweet tooth. And so anything that I can eat that like feels like a treat, but is Mm. also giving me protein. I'm like, I don't feel guilty about this at all. Like if I can, if I can make a healthier cookie that has a bunch of collagen and protein in it and I'm making it and I know what ingredients are going into it, why wouldn't I? I'm going to eat a cookie again in my life. Like I'm not going to pretend that I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? And, and I feel that way about protein bars. Like some people that's a convenient, good 
nourishing way to like get some food in on the go and like feel like it's a treat. But I feel like a lot, and this is just my opinion, I'm not trying to like throw any specific companies under the bus, but I feel like with the influx of especially keto products, paleo is guilty of it too, but way more so keto because I think paleo, even when they're doing it wrong, the concept is still trying to be like whole foods, whereas keto is more about like macros at any cost. And so a lot of their like snack treat products are like Franken foods, just the same (laughs) way typical stuff is, but like they have zero carbs, so it's fine. Or, you know, like, so a lot of that stuff is very chemically and yucky. And this is coming from somebody who like loves eating sugar and treats, really, if I could get away with it. So anyway, all this to say, circuitous (laughs) route to say that I love your bars because they have so much good stuff in them. They taste like a treat, but they also taste like real food. Like there's nothing like fake chemically about it, of course, because there isn't any of that stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but you're so used to eating these like protein bars that are like negative a billion carbs, but it kind of tastes <laughs> like God only knows what's in there. Um, so talk a little bit yeah. about the process of, um, coming up with the ingredients for the bars. Cause they seem like they would have been like a pretty hefty project, honestly. Yeah, it was. And that's the thing. Like I used to survive on these protein bars as I shared at the very beginning. Yeah. So I'm well acquainted with the pros and the cons. And like you said, also most of them are carbohydrate bars rather than protein for most women. Protein is a big deal. So I wanted to make sure that these not only had foods, did not have foods that were problematic, like gluten and dairy and soy for most people and sugar, of course, um, but that also had superfoods like spirulina and acerola cherry and broccoli. And we do it in amounts, like we got the highest quality we could. And then we just tweaked here and there, like how many can we get in there without sacrificing the taste so that nobody would want to consume it, right? And so it was this fine like dance basically. And when you have really high quality ingredients, they taste really good. And we hired food scientists to help us, you know, mask like, okay, you can have a bitter flavor here, but then you can add an ingredient that kind of balances it out. And so this is a very thoughtful and uh, process and it took a really long time, but we finally got there and the chocolate are my favorite. We also have a lemon meringue and a red velvet cake coming soon. We have the apple cinnamon. I have so many bars in the works. Cause like you said, there are not enough where it's just whole foods and nothing weird like sugar alcohols or low quality proteins like milk isolate or soy or whatever. So yeah, we're gonna build that out because you're right, it's delicious. And I like literally cut mine up into like five pieces of five chunks every day. I put them in the fridge and then whenever I just need a little break or something sweet, I go in there and I have some, I'm getting protein and all of the other things. Um, and so I'm glad you appreciate them. That means a lot because the high protein, the, you know, lowish carbs, I'm not like a zero carb lady. I think like, you know, it's like, there's like eight net carbs in there, which is, I think pretty acceptable. Yeah. I mean, it's, but they're still there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm really excited about those new flavors. Let me tell you, cause I'm really pumped about that. I think, uh, I think the cashew cashew butter is a, um, yeah. exciting ingredient because cashew just has like such a natural, um, 
like sweet decadent flavor that it really helps because yeah, like if you had just told me like on paper, like, Hey, I'd like you to try my like spirulina broccoli infused <laughs> protein bar. I'd be like, don't bother. <laughs> You're talking to the meat lady. Like I'm not interested. And I was surprised. And like, I was looking at the ingredients. I'm like, this is going to be one of those like health bars, you know, you just kind of yeah. eat it because it's like healthy. And I was like, these are like surprisingly delicious. Like I'm not eating them like you are being all like, um, you know, measured and stuff. I just open it and eat it immediately. But let's like, it's like a, you know, snack between meals or whatever. I'm into it. They're so good. Oh, and please don't think that I'm always that measured. I'm not like I was because my life with my six-year-old child and it's summer and there's craziness. I was having like two a day and I was like, all right, we also yeah. need to have other things. And so then I became more measured, but yeah, no, not always. The case. That's yeah. fair. Um, I know I can't keep you too much longer, um, but just kind of, if you could just tell our listeners, cause I'm going to put all kinds of, I've got a discount code for people. I've got like information I'm going to put in the show notes if people want to learn more about the company. Um, but you don't just make food products. You make like a, a pretty wide range of like supplements. Like I have some greens powder, um, that I've been using and a bunch of other things. What are some of the like bigger items in your product line are more popular or more effective for people who are listening to this and are like, yeah, I got some gut health issues too. Like, I don't really know where to start. Like, what do you, what do you have for them? Ooh, so many things. It's like choosing a favorite child. But um, I'd say for people with gut health issues specifically, we have our apple cider vinegar complex, really popular. Apple cider vinegar is antimicrobial. There's research to suggest it helps with candida. It definitely curbs cravings. Anyone who's having trouble getting rid of processed foods or sugar, apple cider vinegar can help take away the cravings. It's been shown to have people eat 200 to 275 fewer calories a day. Not that calories are whatever. I'm just saying that it's going to help you curb those cravings. And it has a number of downstream effects. We also have some turmeric, ginger, and cinnamon in there. So it's like a nice anti-inflammatory digestive supportive, craving, reducive metabolic help. Like, because apple cider vinegar also keeps your, your, uh, insulin and, um, your insulin sensitivity up and your blood sugar down. So Do you eat that one. Sorry. I got to interrupt. Cause I'm, I'm, I have that. Yeah. And I'm like excited to use it. Do you eat it like around meals? Do you eat it on a, or not eat it, but take it, um, on like an empty stomach or What's yes. Next? And it just depends. Like I just shot a video because there's 10 different ways you can take it. If your goal is optimizing your digestion, yes. 15 to 20 minutes before a meal. If your goal is craving reduction, I would take the three capsules in the morning. Um, you can even take it pre-workout. There's some interesting research around apple cider vinegar and workouts because it can upregulate AMPK, which is like this energy sensor in your body that can help promote fat burning. It can also help ketone concentrations. So yes, many ways, but people do take like two capsules before every meal which kind of helps promote acidity in your stomach, which is good and mineral absorption. So yes. Okay. And the turmeric and the ginger, ginger also helps promote turmeric is going to come in and reduce inflammation. And that cinnamon is going to come in and help keep your blood sugar even more stable. So it just like kind of, it's a pleiotropic. It works from multiple angles there. Nice. All right. I'm definitely, i literally have that on my counter. I'm going to get on that soon. Um, okay. And then like, what's, what's the most popular product besides the food ones that we've talked about? Yes. I'm going to say organs, our organ complex. We're out of it right now, but of course, eating those to tail. I mean, for your audience, come on. I mean, it's your thing, right? So heart, liver, kidney, all from regenerative farms in a capsule. So if you don't want to use her beautiful recipes, um, you can just take them. And the other one, uh, our bone broth protein powder is the only one that I know of that's actually 
grass-fed and grass-finished. I called all these suppliers, they're grass-fed, but they're grain-finished that changes things, antioxidant status and the fatty acid profile. And it's derived from animal bones rather than hides, um, where most collagen supplements come from. So that is also very gut health supportive. And we have a five-star rating on our um, Essential C Complex. It's the only one that is very potent at 450 milligrams per serving. It's a vitamin C supplement, but also whole food derived. Most of it's ge- uh, derived also from genetically modified corn, which surprises a lot of people. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Do you have, I think, I believe you do, but do you have like all of this information kind of like <laughs> on your website? Because there's a lot, like there's a lot that people don't even know that they don't know about these kinds of products. Like I've been doing this stuff for a long time. I've been testing products for a long time. I never knew where typical citric acid came from. That's like kind of blowing my mind right now. So like, is there information about this kind of stuff and what makes your products unique on the website so people can find out more? Cause yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Come to paleovalley.com. And even if you just read, if you go to our store and you read the pages that are dedicated to the products, you'll get information there. And I also constantly researching. And if you join our email list, Every day you're going to get a little piece of information. It's just a short little blurb about what ingredient I'm researching or, you know, some way to kind of better your health in a really succinct and kind of like action oriented email. So we do that too. Autumn, do you still dance? I do every single day. Like, honestly, that is, you know, on my pleasure inventory. My husband makes fun of me, but we built my, me a little dance room in the back and he's taken my son to the mountains this weekend for our first night apart, which is just kind of crazy because he's six, but I'm going to a ballet class. That's how I'm self-soothing. So yes, I'm always dancing. That's amazing. I mean, first of all, you made it six years. Holy moly. Like you're a super human. Um, and yeah. let's, let's end it there. Cause I know you have to go. I appreciate your time so much, but if, I guess maybe if people take one thing that isn't, um, ingredient related from this conversation, it's that pleasure inventory, because that's a good idea. Like a lot of people don't do that. Right. And we, and we also use food as like this thing to make us feel better because it is very easy. It's like immediate gratification that often we pay for later, but like paying attention to just things that make you feel good and give you pleasure and trying to put those in your life more often. I mean, we should all be doing that. It's such an awesome idea. So thank you for giving that to us. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. I've seen it really help a lot of people kind of transform and lean on food in a less, you know, uh, you're right. But it, but know that there's no shame in using food. It makes sense, right? It's our most readily available source of pleasure. But yeah, when we can enrich our lives with the other things, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Have fun with your ballet class this weekend. (laughs) And thank you so much for your time. I'll have you back on again for sure, because there's tons more we can talk about, but thank you for doing what you do. It's important. Thank you for doing what you do. We need more of us promoting, you know, organ meats and all the things that you're about. So thank you. It was an honor. Agreed. One day it won't be weird. Okay. That's my hope. friends that's a wrap for today thank you so much for listening to the end as always i appreciate you guys thank you to my show sponsor one of my favorite companies these guys are some of the most sorted out uh high quality transparent awesome people in general uh by optimizers they make my favorite probiotic 
digestive enzymes. They've got a ton of other gut health promoting products. They have a product called Gluten Guardian. Um, if you are somebody who has issues with gluten, but you're still going to dabble from time to time because again, nobody's perfect. Um, they have all kinds of awesome products. Their magnesium product um, I use every night. Um, I have not noticed such significant health improvements with any other brand of supplements, to be honest with you. Um, so these guys are really doing it right. Um, check them out. Use the code MUSCLEMAVEN uh, for a discount. Go to their website, bioptimizers.com. It's all in the show notes. Um, and if you have any questions about their products, feel free to reach out to me because I try to be as accessible as possible. And if I can't get you the answers, I will find somebody who can. So that's it. Have a wonderful week and uh, join me again next week. Send me a message if you want to say hi. Leave a rating and review if you feel so inclined. And uh, take care of yourselves. Thanks, guys. Thank you.